Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to another episode of Creative Source in our marathon conversation about money. This is Creative Source with Andy Osho and this is a podcast about creativity for the creative in you. Doesn't matter where you are on your journey, whether you're just starting out, you're mid-career, you're returning, you're established, there's always a little nugget of something that we can all pass on to each other about just having this life in the arts. So we had this marathon conversation about money. In the first episode, we kind of talked about really what money means to us, how we relate to it. In the next one, we talked about investing in ourselves, the money that we have to spend on getting our career going. But And that may even include taking time away and using our savings to support ourselves while we create our um, foundation, our career foundation. But... When we've done those things, the next thing is that someone might want to pay us and we need to talk to them about how much that's going to be. So when it comes to being a creative, most of the time, unlike salaried, the income is not fixed month by month and guaranteed. There are probably a few creatives who have found themselves in an employed situation There will also be some creatives who uh, they work in a field where their fees are kind of fixed. They're still negotiable, but they usually sit within um, a boundary. So the minimum for this job will be this and the maximum is usually about this, depending on the size of the project. Say, for example, uh, TV and film crew. So um, what they call below the line talent. So that excludes basically cast, director, director of photography, and maybe some heads of department. But say, for example, if you're a grip or you're an electrician or you're a makeup artist, there will be certain parameters of, of fees that you can expect. 
right? So your negotiating, your negotiation window is a little bit smaller. But then there's other jobs. And I think a lot of us fall into this category where it is up for grabs. And that is an opportunity, but it's also terrifying. So we need to talk about that. There's also another sort of variable, which is when you get to that status where the fees that you command are so high but you uh, are working on a smaller project or, or a labor of love type of project. So you reduce your fees. So an example would be, say, if we were talking in the domain of comedy, if Michael McIntyre were invited to do, say, if I was running um, a, a comedy gig, like just a, a live, not for TV, just a live show, I'm not going to be able to afford what he gets for doing his, you know, a, a live BBC show. I'm going to have to give him 200 quid like I give everybody else, you know, or whatever the fee may be. So, so that's a, another variable to factor in is the scale of the project that you're involved in. But even when the fees are fixed, like I was saying with the cast and crew, whatever it is, there's always wiggle room and negotiations are a great muscle to develop. Before I get into it, though, let me um, share with you one of the listener comments. So this is from Anya. She says, I always feel incredibly awkward talking about money and I'm not sure why. How do I accept the horrible feeling of this is awkward and be able to talk about it with an uh, outward expression of comfort? Are you not letting people know I am dying inside? Um, I think it's to do with my own belief in myself and what I'm worth or the worth of what I do. But also on top of that, do I ask for more or the exact amount I would like? Do I need to expect to bargain? These are absolutely the questions to ask around negotiating. Before I get into it in terms of like more of a methodical approach, I just want to address a couple of points that Anya makes. She she talks about how she feels about discussing money. It is an awkward topic and Oh, no, wait, let me put that another way. It can be an awkward topic, but that is to do, I think, partly with context, but also with what you've learned, what has been indoctrinated into you around money, because not everybody feels awkwardly about it. So if money conversations occur as awkward for you and make you cringe, then you've obviously learned something in your history about money that makes you feel like that. Because while you feel like that, there's somebody else who's just like, I love talking about money or I have no problem talking about money. I just ask for ridiculous amounts of money and I get it. You know, they're so comfortable with it. Now, that's not to say you've done anything wrong. Obviously, this is not about right and wrong. It's just we are where we are in terms of how we relate to money. But in terms of the feeling that we have around it, one thing we can really do for ourselves is start to experience the feeling that we have when we're facing a conversation that we don't think we want to have. Start to experience those feelings as just energy. Because all um, emotions are just energy, emotions, they're, they're energy in motion, emotions. And so awkward is just another emotion. It's discomfort. It might even be related to disgust, I'm wondering which is a, 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 a legit um, sort of almost um, primal human emotion. But anyways, regardless of where it comes from or why we have it, awkwardness is a legitimate human emotion, but it's not all we are. 
Because what happens when we have an emotional response to something is we buy into it like we have to now act from there. But actually we don't. Another way to experience our emotions is to say, this is happening in my body rather than I am awkward or I, you know, I am feeling awkwardness right now. It's just like, oh, awkwardness is occurring in my body. And then the way to really sort of start to get a bit of separation between you and the experience of awkwardness is to just start to pinpoint in the body, where is it happening? Oh, okay. My heart's going. My heart is going. Oh, my skin's tingling. Oh, I can see my breath is getting really shallow. Yeah, this is what awkwardness feels like. Because as soon as you start to walk through these emotions like that, they can not have as strong a grip on you. And then you check in again. All right, my heart's slowing down a little bit now. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. My breathing is, yeah, my breathing's coming a little bit deeper. You allow the experience to move through you. So to allow this um, to move through you, it is energy in motion, emotions. So that's something I would say about the awkwardness. And it doesn't matter what situation that you're, you're about to go into. Just taking that little beat so that it isn't governing how you respond to a situation or that your communication or your actions don't come from that emotion will give you so much more power in the conversation that you're preparing to have. So what we're doing is not invalidating the experience because some what some coaches would try and tell us is just don't feel it. Don't feel that thing or think something else or do something. You know what I mean? It's like you can't necessarily stop having this, this feeling, this emotional experience. But what you can do is have a new relationship with it that gives it the freedom to move through you. Because what happens is when we start to fixate on an, an emotion, it self-perpetuates. Because they're very clever the way that they're constructed because what happens? You feel awkward. Oh my God, you start to feel awkward that you're feeling awkward. Oh my God, you start to want to not feel awkward. And so it starts to self-perpetuate and the awkwardness ramps up and up and up and up and up or whatever emotion it is that we're feeling. Whereas when you start to have the experience, whoa, there's the awkwardness. Yeah, that's that. My ears are burning. Yeah, my skin's tingling. Oh, all right. Oh, no, hang on. My skin's not tingling so much you see how you're giving it a little bit more room to pass because you are not it anymore. You aren't awkwardness anymore. You're now a being experiencing awkwardness. Use that for anything and it will, it will sustain you through difficult conversations. So that's just a little something that I wanted to add just about the emotional experience of how we might feel going into negotiations and the less beneficial emotional experiences that we might have that will make the conversation awkward. Hi, I'm Charlotte Church and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osher. The other thing to add is it's really important to manage yourself, not control, not stop, not contain your emotions, but manage yourself in those conversations because when somebody else sees you squirming or uncomfortable, it could be an, it makes you worry. It makes them worry for you first off, but it also an unscrupulous person might use it to take advantage of you. Oh, they're really struggling. I'm going to really screw them over. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of use aggression to beat them back or whatever so that they don't ask for what they want. So you need to remain calm in these conversations. How do we do that? Well, we breathe. 
I'm assuming that, you know, you're doing this prior to meeting the person rather than sitting in front of your boss or, you know, your employer or whatever, just going, just give me a minute. I just need to breathe. But we do a particular type of breathing where we breathe deeply because one thing that I really took on board that was shared with me about breathing is that excitement is anxiety plus breath. Or to put it another way, anxiety is excitement minus breath. So that when you're in an anxiety state, if you breathe deeply, that can transform the uh, emotional experience from anxiety to excitement and vice versa. You know, when you're excited, but your breath gets short, you start to get anxious. So if you're going to have that difficult conversation, the first thing to do is just breathe, 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 breathe deeply so that the breath is going right into the lungs, the, you know, your stomach's almost getting pushed out. We, we don't bring any consciousness to our breath, but our breath is our life, man. Like obviously literally, <laughs> but also in terms of what we can, who we can be in the world or what we can create in the world, what we can generate so much of it. When we come back to breath, can give us, it can, it can give us more than just keeping us alive and putting oxygen in our blood. So breathe, calm thyself, get present to what emotional experiences are going on. Tell yourself, I have time. This is a, a technique that comes from the Alexander technique. I haven't done a huge amount of Alexander techniques. I'm not like a, an expert in this field, but I just remember the facilitator that I had saying to tell yourself before you have an audition, cause he was, a uh, helping us with um, acting. He was like, just tell yourself, I have time. I have time because there is nothing more powerful than a person who has to communicate something and taking their time to do it. Even when I listen back to some podcast recordings, I've told myself that I need to finish by a certain time and then I can hear myself rushing when actually the way forward would have been either to finish what I say in the timely way that I need to, and then edit or turn it into two episodes. You know, I don't, rushing is not going to be a pleasant listening experience for any of you. Sometimes I get excited though. And, and that's different because <laughs> then I just like, oh, there's so much I want to tell you, but um, just tell yourself, I have time. Just say it in your head. Then the next thing I would say to do, this is my little checkpoint for getting yourself prepped to have that conversation is to imagine asking for the fee that you want. And how does that feel in the body? Now, some of you go, yeah, great. No, I feel really positive. And there's a, some of you will be like, I'm literally sweating, babes. I'm not happy about this at all. I feel nervous. I feel like they're going to shout at me. I do. Good. That's great. Check in with the body and see where that experience lives when you ask for the fee that you want. And if you're having a troubling, for want of a better way of putting it, if you're having a troubling response to it, great. Now look at that. Where is it living in the body? What's happening to your breath? What emotion are you feeling? What body sensations have you got? Then there might be some thoughts that go along with it. What's this worst case scenario that is causing you this anxiety or this, this uh, troubling feeling? What do you think is going to happen? Is it, are you scared they're going to shout at you? Are you scared they're going to think that you're greedy? Are you scared that they're going to, what is it basically? What is there? Give it a sentence. There's usually a basic phrase that goes along with it. They'll say, no, I'll lose the job. They won't like me. I'll lose respect. Something like that. Now say it out loud. Just say it. I'm not, I can't hear you. 
So you can just say it. No one else can hear you. Oh, they won't like me. I'll lose the job, whatever it is. Now, good. Let's park that. That's Set that aside because now you've said it out loud. It's real because I don't know about you, but when I'm scared of something or I dread something, I very rarely know exactly what it is I dread. It's just a general fear. <laughs> so saying it out loud allows you to purge it somewhat. So let that experience go. Now imagine asking for the fee that you want and imagine it going well. Just imagine you just saying, listen, I need whatever it is, 200 pounds an hour to do this thing that you've asked me to do. 200 pounds an hour, that's good money. Um, I need 200 pounds an hour to do this thing. And imagine going, great, all right. Yeah, I can make that work. 200 pounds an hour. How's that feel? What experiences now are you having? And by the way, it's okay if there is a couple of residual negative ones like, oh, I don't think I deserve this or whatever, but just use the technique from before. Just let that be an experience that's happening. Let that emotion be in motion and um, move through. But generally in terms of like a good feeling, what's there? So that's a way to prep energetically for the conversation. Now, in terms of practicality, how do you prep for this conversation? First of all, Know what you want and know why. Be able to go into the conversation uh, and say, look, this is the amount that I feel I am worth and I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Now, you you don't have to go in guns blazing saying, listen, give me this 200 pounds an hour because I've done da, 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 da. No, you don't have to do that. But when the conversation starts and you're having this communication with the person about your fee, you have in your back pocket, in your arsenal, in your box of tools, the reasons why. And they're tangible. I have this amount of of experience. I've been doing this for this number of years. I am sought after by these clients. These are the people that have worked with me before. This is the market rate. And that's another thing. Know the market rate. So that you know that what you're asking for isn't ridiculous. Because if you are asking for this 200 quid an hour and actually the going rate is 20, it's ridiculous. You know, no, people aren't going to give you that fee. But if you happen to know the market rate is like somewhere between two and 300 and you ask for 200, you know that they're getting a good deal. And you should go in with the spirit of, and you know you're getting a good deal from me because I'm doing this for 200 when it should be 300, right? So having that gives you a sense of preparedness. I mean, I would say preparing just generally for any meeting, any conversation is a fundamental and critical part of being a creative. I've got a meeting coming up with somebody and I've been with a producer. I've been watching his movies. I've been watching YouTube clips of his of him talking about his work because it's not like I'm ever going to bring it up. Oh, I saw blah, blah, blah. But if it does and he starts referencing this film, I can go, yeah, yeah, smashed it, mate. Oh yeah, I watched it the other night. And it just, mm, subconsciously, it just puts a little something in the, the other person's soul to say, yeah, we're vibing. I get this person. So know what you want and why. Present value, your value. Present the value you offer. Um, know your worth. Like I say, know the market rates. Now, when you're asking for this fee, be gracious and not entitled. Both Titus uh, in the previous episode and Anya both talked about, should you ask for more? That I would say is down to you. However, I would say, hell yes, but it's your choice, but hell yes, but it's up to you. But please just do that. Ask for a little bit more because 
hopefully, or not hopefully, but because you might be dealing with a great negotiator who's expecting you to go high or or expecting the figure you offer to be your high figure. And so if you go 200, which is actually just what you want, then they'll go, oh, okay. So they're expecting me to sort of push back on that. So I'll go 150. And now you're already, already below the figure you wanted. So go high, go 300. You know, I'm not saying go like crazy amount, like the 500 or something, if the going rate is between two and 300, but yeah, go 300. Why not? What is the worst that's going to happen is they say no. Or, or that they think, actually, I don't think that person is worth that. Well, that's their call. What other people think of you is not your business. Okay. So yes, I would say go high. Then it's down to them to say, I can't make that work. Rather than you trying to worry about their financial situation by asking for too much. Uh, Another thing I would say, and make this part of your preparation, is to account for the size of entity that you're dealing with. So let's go back to this example of this 200 pounds an hour. I don't know what gig this is where someone's getting 200 quid an hour, but let's say, um, probably a lawyer or something, I don't know. But anyway, um, if your employer is a big corporation, then they definitely go 300. In fact, maybe it's time to start thinking about 350 because they got more money. Whereas if an individual is hiring you to do this thing, it might be more reasonable to go in at 275, 250. But part of your preparation is knowing what you want and then adding a little percentage on top of that. Now that's your call as to how much that is. It depends what business you're working in, who, you know, like I say, the size of the entity that you're going to be, that you're going to be having this conversation with. But knowing, knowing beforehand what you want going into it and then adding a little something extra, I would say that is the uh, optimum starting position for your conversation. And then in the conversation, have a discreet check in with yourself. And if you can feel that anxiety rising, that awkwardness coming up, that whatever it is, breathe. For the love of God, breathe. Breathe, take your time and know your worth. Remind yourself of your worth. I'm going to say it again, being prepared gives you so much more confidence going into these conversations. And if you just go, oh, I'm just going to wing it. I'll just see what they say. I'll see what they offer. No, this is, you're running a business. If the head of, I don't know, Virgin Media was trying to negotiate new contracts with BT to use their, um, I don't know, infrastructure or whatever, they wouldn't just like rock up and go, oh, let's just see guys. Let's just see what, what BT have to say. Let's see what they're saying. (laughs) They wouldn't. They would know exactly what they want to pay. They would know exactly the terms of the agreement they would want. And they would know what their bottom line is. Where are we out? And I would say that's what you need to do also in these conversations. Where are you out? Where is this like, "Mm -mm, this is not going to work for me. This is too low. And if you are willing to walk away, then that gives your position all the more power. So uh, just a couple of other things to bear in mind. When you go into these conversations, if your emotional response manifests physically, start to think about where your attention is. Put your attention on the outcome and take it away from your fear responses. So put your attention on, uh, this is what I would like out of this. 
This is what I would like to see happen. Because, you know, if you're, if you're focusing on God, I hope I don't look awkward. I hope I don't look scared. I hope I, I, I look like I know what I'm doing. Then, yeah, people are going to pick up on that and it's going to perpetuate itself. The other thing I would say as well is totally okay to do is to very calmly, so not in an indulgent way, but very calmly just say where you're at. I remember having to have a conversation with a boss that I had to um, tell him that he was bullying me. And I went into his office and I couldn't help it. There's an episode of Friends where this happens, where Rachel starts crying (laughs) in her boss's office because he was talking about her career and stuff. And I felt exactly the same way. But my point is, is that I started crying, not a sobbing type of thing, but I just got tearful and he was trying to comfort me and stuff like that. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I just got tearful, I, but I need to say this thing to you. You are aggressive to me and it doesn't work. I can't work under these conditions, you know, whatever, however I put it. So I think it's actually okay to, in these meetings say, so sorry, I just have to take a breath because I, I do find conversations around money Uh, a little bit challenging, but I really want to have this conversation with you because I think there's something, there's something that I would like to see change. And can you hear that I'm not indulging the awkwardness or the whatever fear I'm having, the, the, the emotional experience I'm having, I'm not saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, you know, and just indulging it. So, so, so speaking from there, I'm speaking from a place where I can observe it, but without living it. So I can say, listen, I'm, I'm really sorry. I do find these conversations very difficult, but I, bear with me. I'd just like to get a few things said so that we can have a negotiation about my fee. Be a grown up in it because a grown up in this conversation will get a grown up response. How we are with people is an invitation to them about how to treat us. And that's the realest thing I can say. So when you go into a situation, any situation in life, whether you're nervous or your fear is at the forefront, people treat you that way. You're not seeing someone who's quite meek and quiet and everyone sort of molly coddles them. And that might not be how they're feeling, but because that's how they present themselves to the world, people respond to them in a particular way. If you want people to uh, respond to you like an adult, we must be adults in the world. And if you don't, if you were, were still indulging this thing, maybe you're invested in not being treated like an adult in the world. That's some deep shit. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just where we are. The theme of today's episode is we are where we are. So there's not about blame or making wrong or right and wrong or anything like that. It's just taking account of where we are and seeing where, what we can create anew for ourselves from here. So we put our fears aside and we, we remember that no one is going to offer us anything. We have to ask for it. How many? All right. All right. Listen, hit me up. If you have ever been offered a pay rise out of the blue, you have to ask for them. You have to ask for them. Or or if you've been given a fee that's beyond your imagining, been offered that first off without you even having to negotiate or anything, it doesn't happen. People don't offer you stuff without being asked for it because, and we'll come to this as a buyer, Why are you going to pay for something when you don't have to? (laughs) It's the truth, right? So if negotiating is um, troublesome for you, if you still find, even with the breathing and the giving yourself time and the preparation, all the rest of it, if these conversations are still troubling for you, get coaching. 
Get someone to walk you through what you need to do to be able to do this, because there may be some beliefs that you're holding on to that are keeping you so fixed in place that they are getting in the way of you realizing your potential. And so as an investment in yourself, getting coaching on this specific topic, if this is really holding you back, will make a huge difference to your effectiveness in these conversations. And once you do have the fee you have, celebrate, of course, but don't sit back on your laurels a year later or whenever it is, review those fees, especially if it's with the same um, employer or even with, with, with a new employer. You say, well, listen, I got that for that job. So my fees have gone up, babes. You know, you'd have to say babes, <laughs> but keep it under review. If you want to, some people are very happy with, no, I got my 200 an hour and that's just where I work. That's just the level I work at. I've no ambitions to increase that. That's good for me. But if you are adding more skill, more value, basically, to what you can offer, there's nothing wrong with reviewing that and just saying, actually, now I'm, I'm ready to look at my minimum being 250 instead of the 200. So constantly have it under review. So that's basically it. That's what I would say about negotiating our fees. Yes. Just one final thought on this negotiating thing. Just remember this, like what is more important to you to feel safe and not put yourself in an awkward or what you perceive to be an awkward conversation or to get what you want. So when our focus is on what we want, then we're golden. We can, we can make anything happen because our intent is on achieving our goal rather than keeping ourselves out of an awkward conversation. So I hope that is helpful. And just very briefly, because a lot of the same things apply, we're going to just talk about when you're negotiating buying stuff, making purchases, whether they be um, sort of services or kit or materials or all the things that we as artists have to buy. We're constantly buying stuff. We, we're very good at keeping money moving in the economy because we're constantly having to make purchases. So think in the same way. When you're negotiating how much you want to pay for something, breathe. Think, I have time. Imagine asking for the price that you want, what concerns come up. Say them out loud, just as you did with negotiating for your own fee. Now imagine asking for the price point that you want and getting it. And how good does that feel? Prepare for the conversation with the supplier that you're going to ask this uh this price point from. Know what you want and why. So it's this exactly as we did with the um, negotiating our um, negotiating our fees. Research, find out what the market rate is. You know, if you're looking for a new accountant, find out what the general rate is for that service. So that if they, if it's, I don't know, if it's two grand to do your, um, your uh, annual return, if you're running a company, then a small company, that would be. But um, but if these people for some reason are charging 10, you're just like, well, what what value are you adding that you can justify this 10 grand fee? Know their worth. So in negotiating your fee, you knew your worth. In this one, you want to know their worth. Look at their reviews. Look at who their customer base is. Read their energy in the room. Do you feel like, mm, yeah, this, these people, they, they get me. I'm going to have a really good, strong relationship with these people if I, uh, if, if I hire them so I can see the value that they're adding and I can see why their fee is a little bit higher than others, if it is. And just like with your fee of adding a little bit extra, 
don't be frightened to go a little bit low, not disrespectfully low, right? But don't be frightened to say this person is saying, I want 200 quid an hour. Don't be frightened to go, can you make it work for 150? What's the worst that can happen? They say yes or they say no. That's the end of it, isn't it? Right? They'll say, yes, I can do that. Or no, I can't. Yeah, there's going to be amounts that you know are going to be saying that you don't value that person as opposed to they're below the threshold of negotiating. They're now saying, I don't value you. So don't go that low. Um, I think also just a couple of things to add as well, rather like with the fees, I think as well is be willing to walk away, have a backup plan. And remember that even set fees can be negotiated because I've definitely had situations where people go, that's just what we charge. And I've gone, well, mm, no. <laughs> and, you know, I, I make it sound very simple. It involved a lot of back, of back and forth and actually being very respectful of the fact that as far as they're concerned, that is their fee. And just saying, well, could we look at that? Could we just take a look at it? Every fee can be negotiated because, you know, even a- agents t- charge between 10 to 15 percent like acting agents. But do you think that's what Leonardo DiCaprio is paying for his agent? Well, in fact, he doesn't even need one anymore. He just has a lawyer because he's so, you know, he's so famous. But uh, every fee, every charge, every every everything can be negotiated. Now, the caveat is, can they be negotiated successfully? Well, that's another story. <laughs> But remember, the worst thing that can happen in this situation when you ask for or you you try to get a fee uh, or a price point that you want is that they just say no. As long as you stay within respectful boundaries in terms of what you're asking, nothing bad can happen. Even like there's a shop that I go to locally and the the woman must just think I'm such a cheapskate. But every time I go in there, because I do buy quite a a few items from her, I always ask, is there anything you can do on the price? Because I'm buying three or four things and I might end up wearing them on TV, you know, which is great um, publicity for her. So uh, I always have that conversation, not because I want to save the money necessarily, but because it's just such a great skill to have. To be able to have a conversation with somebody and say, oh, can I eke out a little bit more value from this? Or, oh, can I just get that for a price that works a little bit better for me? By the way, I've just been riffing straight through on um, negotiating. Haven't stopped to remind you about Patreon. I know I say this every time, but I know that you also get why I say it and why I need to say it. If you would like to support the podcast financially, because we don't have sponsors just yet, you can do so on Patreon. So it's a monthly kind of subscription thing where you support artists. And to to support this podcast, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho, or you can have me make a uh, personalized video for you via cameo and the link is in the show notes or which i'm guessing some people will prefer is a one-off contribution so you just want to say you know what that episode was dope let me just drop a certain amount of coin into the pot and you can do that again in the show notes um, via the acast website So there's just one last thing I want to add, as well as some bite-sized advice from friend of the show, Thaddea Graham, and that is agents and middlemen, right? So 
uh, often these services are commission based and they are people who, well, the agents specifically and managers are the ones that are going to be able to help you with this negotiating. So you, you may not have to put yourself through this if you work through an agent. However, as I say, they are commission-based. So you will have to hand over a certain percentage of your income for them to take on this responsibility. And remember, that percentage can be negotiated. So what are the reasons that we may have these sort of Middlemen is a pejorative term, but I'm just talking about those people that help to facilitate your career, right? So they can be agents, but it can also be people like managers, lawyers, accountants, tax advisors, um, independent financial advisors, those types of people. Why do we have them? Well, they can negotiate on our behalf. They have expertise, especially, you know, for me, accountancy or doing taxes just was something I couldn't cope with. So as soon as I could afford one, I got an accountant. And like I've said previously, having people do these services for you buys you time. So rather than me spending hours of my time pouring over my taxes and my accounts and my expenses and all the rest of it, I get an expert to do it. With agents, they have contacts. So again, they save you the time of trying to build up this huge contacts reservoir. You can dip into their black book. Uh, they bring a degree of professionalism as well. So that's uh, can be very useful in terms of agents as well. You know, if you want to send a cease and desist or whatever, it looks a lot better if it comes from a lawyer than if it comes from you. And just on the agent front, you know, even uh, I've heard many stories, but specifically, I remember Rob uh, Bryden talking about pretending to be his own agent, because that's the degree of professionalism that they bring to the perception people have of our careers. They just all save you time. So um, as much as it is useful for you to um, acquire this skill of negotiating, sometimes it's a good idea to have someone do it on your behalf. And just one other thought about this is that having money can be quite expensive because as you can see, the people that I listed, a lot of those people are necessary once you start to get a certain amount of money. So it isn't always uh, the greatest thing in the world to have a lot of money because it brings with it a, a different set of problems. I mean, they're champagne problems, but problems are problems. So before we go, let's get some bite-sized advice from Thaddea Graham. Mm, money. I hate talking about money. My daddy's very good at it. He did like accountancy at uni. So thank God for that because I have no idea. Um, but something I think we were taught at uni especially was don't spend what you don't have. Don't spend that paycheck that you think is coming in until it's in your bank account. Don't spend it. And also like put aside a separate account just for tax um, and don't touch it. Just put what you think you're going to have to pay and put a little bit more in. So then when the tax does get taken out of it, you're not trying to search for it. You've already got this account that is just there, I suppose. And also I think if you're doing this job for money, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I think, I don't know. <laughs> so that was Thaddea Graham sharing some sound advice via her dad, from her dad, via her. Anyways, you know what I'm saying um, about just managing your money. And we're going to talk about this stuff next week, because once you negotiated this fee and you started earning money, it's like, then what? 
Uh, if you want to find out more about Thaddea, she is an amazing actress, by the way. She kind of burst onto the scene in Curfew, which is where I met her. And she played a character called Hanmei. And she was just so great. She, I think she literally just graduated um, drama school and then was just fantastic in Curfew. She's also starred in The Letter for the King. She's in Us, the uh, Tom Hollander uh, kind of comedy drama that was on recently. Painkillers, Paper Crayons, The Irregulars, which is coming out soon. She is one to watch. And so her advice and having her on the podcast is golden. Lucky me, lucky us. All right, guys. So that's it. We have finished talking about negotiating. That was a mammoth episode, but I really hope that that step-by-step walking through, taking your time to really ground yourself essentially before you have these conversations makes a difference for you. And, you know, maybe have some practice. You know, next time you're hiring somebody to provide a service, talk to them about, oh, well, do you think you could do that for you know 10% less? Or do you think I could get, you know, just see what's possible. And you'd be surprised how much easier it is than you've actually led yourself to believe. And the feeling of getting the fee you want or getting somebody to charge you what you want them to, ah, oh, there's nothing like it. It feels like such a major league win. So guys, just give it a go. The worst that can happen is that they say no. And the best is that you get what you wanted. Thank you to Anya for the listener's comment earlier. To Thaddea Graham, who is absolutely fabulous. Thank you for your bite-sized advice. To Martin for your wonderful production on this series. And also, guys, can I just say, a couple more patrons popped up. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. Guys, thank you. And I will see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. 
Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more.